Hi all, David here. Just a quick disclaimer to say that the episode does have uh, some swear words, some naughty words. Uh, so if you are listening with this uh, in the presence of the L ones, just please keep that in mind. Um, I'm effectively, I am too lazy to beat them out. <laughs> so, but, uh, so nothing, nothing horrible, but uh, the F-bomb does get dropped every now and again. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of NCP. My name is David, and with me for this episode, we have Crystal. Hello! I'm trying not to do such a high one this time. That's appreciated. <laughs> a bit weird. And making his triumphant return, Yunbo. I'm back, baby. <laughs> back I'm again. Back. Yeah, I don't have like an Eminem rap there. Uh. <laughs> I feel like you were waiting for something to happen. That, that I was waiting happen. for I was waiting for a rap duo to just suddenly disappear out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, we're not yeah, that man. talented. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't be here last week. I was uh, I was just hanging out with Tuvok. It's all. <laughs> it is pretty cool. So we did uh, we did mention that you were down uh, enjoying the the sun and sand of uh, Myrtle Beach for XCon. Yeah, man, it's like the worst beach in the world. <laughs> it did look pretty I, bad. This. Yeah, compared to Australia beaches, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's pretty crummy. <laughs> but you were there for X XCon. Yeah, X XCon. Let's see. Um, we got to interview uh, Marilyn Gigliani. Yep. Thirty seven. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make any thirty seven jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got to interview Brian O'Halloran. Awesome. Who was who was awesome. Turns out he wasn't even supposed to be there. <laughs> that was my joke. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Tim Russ uh, Tuvok. So uh, it was it was I going into it. I thought it would be an ama- I thought it would be amazing if we got to interview those three people. But I didn't have my hopes up because I fe- kind of figured Tim Russ would be untouchable, mm. and I kind of thought that. Um, um, Brian and Marilyn were there early every day, and they were walking around talking to the vendors. So, I mean, they actually came up and talked to us and then um, asked about the podcast, and, and we recorded the interviews. And, I mean, it was almost the first thing we did as soon as we as soon as soon we got there was interview them. And um, and they were cool with us the whole con. They they would stop by and talk to us in the morning and, and uh, kind of hang out with us before things opened. And then and then uh, when we left, they made sure to – to say bye to us and everything. I, I, I don't know. They were, I really, I really dug them. I really, Brian was like really sarcastic and, and hmm. had the same sense of humor as me. So we were, we were making fun of people and making fun of each other the whole time. And it was, it was really cool. I didn't yeah. feel like I was star truck, star struck by him. Yeah. Was, uh, Tim cool. Russ on the other hand, <laughs> Tim, definitely, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Russ definitely was a really nice guy, but yeah, every time I talked to him, I knew I was talking to Tuvok, you know, like I was like, you know, I was stumbling over myself and I didn't know what to say to him, you know, but, um, but he made it, he made it easy on me too. And he ended up doing an interview too. Just, uh, just, he really didn't like his, his, uh, bodyguard guy, like that was hanging out with him. I I keep calling him a bodyguard. I don't actually know what he was, but the guy that was like his handler guy, Hmm. um, didn't seem to want him to do an interview, but. Tim was cool. He wanted to do it, man, and he wanted to talk about his music more than he wanted to talk about Star Trek. But I just went with it because I knew that's kind of what he wanted to do. Yeah, and it turned yeah. out to be a really interesting conversation. Yeah, Maddie came yeah. to the rescue to get the, the Tim Russ interview. It was good. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was it was awesome. I really I really like the uh, the Brian O'Halloran uh, uh, interview. Yeah, so I mean, check, check out that episode on uh, Undercast Network, which and uh, with the where you can see the ECN and all the other shows as well. But uh, check, specifically, check out that particular episode because uh, it is it's a cool interview, dude. You did well. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I learned, I learned from the best. I learned from the best. You, you were out there showing me the ropes in New York. <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> cool. Oh, that's, uh, it sounds cool, man. It's, it's American cons, they just, uh, they're just they a whole different world to Australian cons, I think. That's it for uh, the XCOM ramblings. Let's uh, move on with the rest of episode 145. Uh, for this episode, we have a selection of reviews. A Round 2 of Clash of Champions Season 3. That's a bit of a mouthful. So, Bray, you weren't here for, uh, for, the, for, for round one, um, but yeah. uh, uh, it's, I've introduced kind of like a, a, uh, a bit more of a story type element to it, so I'll get, we'll, I'll get, that, I'll get to that when we get to Clash of Champions. So it's, uh, I'm quite proud of it, but uh, if you think it's lame, I will cry myself to sleep tonight. <laughs> uh, and uh, the return of Azerothian Times. We didn't have one last, <laughs> last episode. Oh, uh, you you and Crystal didn't talk about Azerothian Times no, together? No, no, I let it slide. Why not? <laughs> no, we did, but he cut it all because it was very one-sided. I didn't really have anything. <laughs> I didn't really have anything to say. But anyway, let's move on to the show. Let's start with the reviews. The reviews. Cool, I'm going to go first, and uh, I've got uh, some TV show reviews. I think right at the very beginning of this show, every time we're going to, we're going to do a TV show review, we're going to call it Channel Zero or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did, and you even had a soundbite yeah, for we had it. We had the soundbite, but we don't do it anymore. I might try and dig up that soundbite again. Slacker. I don't know, that's slack. That is, that is totally laziness. But Flash Season 1 has uh, come to a close, and uh, it was very, very cool. I was a, a fan of, 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 of the show. I've, uh, I've said uh, how often I liked the, the show during... Uh, our past episodes and uh, so for this I'm not going to review the uh, the entire season uh, it's, uh, in, in very very brief the entire season it had, it had its ups and downs had some filler episodes but generally very very good uh, but specifically the final episode uh, was was just pure comic nerd gasm <laughs> <laughs> I hesitated for a second I didn't know whether to say it but uh, bugger it I'm going to say it anyway uh, it, is, it is awesome stuff it's uh, it has a whole bunch of Easter eggs uh, about the DC universe and the Flash universe, and, uh, and specifically, and uh, it just it really just it just closed up the season in such a really awesome way. Uh, so basically, the general idea is that uh, or of Harrison Wells, uh, his plans have basically have come to a come to the end. Um, he's being revealed as as the Reverse Flash. Spoilers alert <laughs> for anybody who's going to start watching the show. Do you um, have to say spoiler alert before you do this? I probably alert. should do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Actually, yeah. So just, just I'm going to yeah. I'm reviewing the, the final episode of The Flash and uh, Hannibal seasons one and two. So I just need to warn: there are going to be spoilers, very specifically spoilers in the Hannibal review because I have to mention. I just have to rage against the particular things. I, I can't rage if is I don't it, mention. Is it a machine? No, I'm not going to rage against the machine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so back, back to the Flash. Um, yeah, so Harrison, he's, he's been revealed as a reverse Flash. He's got this grand plan to get back to his time. He needs the Flash to do it. You know, it's all come together, and uh, the Flash has, has agreed to actually, you know, help him get back to his time. And basically, just to get rid of him more than anything else. It's like, you know, screw you, get out of here. And uh, a whole bunch of stuff sort of happens during during that. Uh, I don't want to want to reveal too much, but... Uh, uh, when the portal opens, Jay Garrick's helmet comes out, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, for for people who understand what that means, it's Jay Garrick is 
the basically the first Flash, so he's the Earth, the uh, the World War Two version of the Flash. He just appears out of nowhere on the, on the ground, and Barry's like, "What's that?" And Harrison's like, <laughs> "It's like well, that's my cue to get out of here." <laughs> it's pretty cool, like total nerds. And uh, young um, Cisco is revealed to be uh, to be super powered, with and uh, is essentially the super powered character Vibe. Um, but for anybody who uh, knows who Vibe is, he's a terrible, terrible character. Like it was pretty obvious that he was eventually he was going to be revealed as that because he has the same name, um, the same uh, real secret identity. But uh, so it's but they've so, but the Vibe in the comics is just terrible. He's a terrible character, but they've made the Cisco the the TV version um, actually cool because not only, so he hasn't revealed any sort of vibration powers per se as in the way Vibe in the comic does but he more the, he can see through the vibrations of the universe so there's each each of the 52 universes vibrates at a different frequency and he can sense that in a way which is uh, very cool he's a cool character anyway so it's good even if he had the crappy vibe comic code powers, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a bad thing. Uh, but uh, when uh, Flash is travelling through the portal, he has a whole bunch of flashes of, of uh, future and sort of alternate events. Uh, one of them is, of course, uh, Caitlin Snow, who's uh, revealed as um, the villain uh, Killer Frost. So it's, it's, I actually don't think it's our Caitlin, as in Barry, this, this universe's Caitlin will become Killer Frost. I think she'll, it'll be an alternate universe version of her. Um, well, let's hope anyway, because I don't want Caitlin to be a bad guy, or bad girl in this case. Bad girl. No. No. <laughs> Moving on. And uh, there's also some other stuff as well, so the flashes of the uh, you know, the Flash Museum and and uh, various things like that. But it was very, very cool. And it ends on a cliffhanger. So it's the Flash, the portal that sends, that is meant to send uh, Reverse Flash uh, through uh, through time or to an alternate dimension or whatever the case may be, um, it creates like a giant wormhole that's going to destroy the world, and so Flash has to run up into it and sort of use his speed in order to close it in some way. I, I won't bore you with the details, but uh, it's uh, it's a cool it's a cool effect, and that's when the show ends. So uh, yeah, so Flash fans, happy uh, new Flash fans, happy and. Uh, Anybody who has any any interest in uh, DC Comics should should be happy. I mean, it's it's not it's not a show just for comic readers. It is actually you know pretty cool family entertainment, family friendly entertainment, uh, except for the crappy CW love triangle rubbish. But it is. Yeah, I was going to ask if it had a lot of that. Oh, it has. It's, it's basically it's it's the love triangle thing between Barry, Eddie, and their love interest Iris. Um, so it's and it's. It just gets a bit tiring after a while. It's like, I mean, it's, Barry spends most of the season lying to her face. It's like, this is the person he's meant to be in love with. He just lies to her all the time. And it's just, and so, and then, and Eddie has to, has to eventually start lying to her as well at some point. And it just, and it's just, they just, they just don't treat her very well. They don't treat her with a lot of respect. And it, it just, I just find that's, 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 that's that typical CW love triangle rubbish that I just, I'm just tired of seeing. I'm sure there are people out there who love yeah. that sort of stuff, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's yeah. that aspect of the show is not is not aimed at me, obviously. I mean, it's, and it's nothing new. They've been doing it for centuries. <laughs> like it's the, the love triangle trope has been done to death. I mean, even my beloved Buffy show had that rubbish. So it's it's you know, I mean, it's, it it happens all the time in these sort of things, and that's and that's fine. It's I don't I don't give it a you know a cross because of it. I just I just kind of 
want to fast forward those scenes <laughs> you know it's like it's like you just got to treat this girl a bit more this, this iris deserves more respect than they give her and it's just it's kind of weird cw shows are very stylized in that way though i mean like yeah. they, they sort of have a, a certain vibe to them that a lot of other shows don't have and yeah. i mean and i think that there's a fan base for that you know yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, it works. I mean, they wouldn't have the success of the Vampire Diaries without it because that's the entire show. So it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it does a, sort of make sense. It's a love octagon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's the Flash. Uh, so my uh, my second review is Hannibal. Um, I've seen episodes one and two. Just one, uh, once again, spoiler alert. I am going to talk about a very specific thing that happens in season two. So spoiler alert. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've seen uh, both one, one and two, and uh, it's season three hasn't actually started yet. I don't think. I think it's probably only just now started. As the title suggests, it deals with the character of Hannibal Lecter, and it's kind of it's a reimagining of the events leading up to Science of the Lambs, uh, specifically the the events immediately preceding Red Dragon, and then season three will then go into the events of Red Dragon. Um, so for fans of uh, Thomas Harrison and Hannibal Lecter, the character and stuff like that, it's obviously a big draw. It has um, an outstanding cl- uh, cast, um, including the the excellent, always excellent Mads Mikkelsen um, as 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 Hannibal Lecter himself, uh, Caroline Davernis as uh, Dr. Alana Bloom, Hugh Dancy as Will Graham, uh, the always entertaining Lawrence Fishburne as Jack Crawford. And uh, and then uh, a bunch of other other people as well, including I'm sure uh, Bar will be very happy. Julian Anderson as uh, oh, yeah. Doctor Bedelia. That alone is uh, an absolutely brilliant cast, and they really give it their all. They, they I just I cannot fault the acting in any way. I mean, even even when the characters, uh, which I'll get to in a second, but even when one of the particular characters starts to act. Is, it starts to do things sort of that doesn't really make sense for their character. At least the uh, the the actor portraying their character, you know, at least still tries to you know do their best. And uh, it just it really it's just it's magnificent acting, especially especially Mads um, and Hugh as uh, Hannibal and Will, who basically have to just play a psychological game of cat and mouse against each other for two seasons. It's just it's it's amazing stuff to watch and i've always always been a fan of uh, i actually have always preferred red dragon over signs of the lambs yeah um, me too um oh cool uh, mainly because i just i find the story more interesting and more because i just actually quite i just quite like i like hannibal in sort of like that raw state that he's in before he eventually becomes the 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 over the top sort of super villain that he becomes in in sort of later movies um, plus, I'm, also, I'm not a big fan of Clary Starling as a character, but um, so I just I actually quite just quite like the the Red Dragon story, so that the Francis Dollarhide and and all sorts of stuff. So that's why I was drawn to this show. Um, and at first, it uh, at, at first it has the problem that all prequels have, where it's well, it's like well, there's no real drama because well, that I have with prequels is that there's no real drama there because I know whenever Will's in danger or Hannibal's in danger or whatever the case may be. I don't really care because I know that nothing's going to happen. I mean, I know eventually they have to right. get to Signs of the Lambs, and so um, until then, it, and that actually start was start it was kind of irritating me. But it, but uh, until it actually get to a very specific point where it's something that happens that it basically just can't happen for this continuity to work, I then realized that it was actually a reimagining of the of the intro. So it's, 
it's a, it's, it's it's a whole new whole new take on what actually transpires and thankfully that they did that because otherwise they would have been furious so it's so the fact that there's actually a whole different an alternate take makes makes sense and i'm glad they did it it wouldn't be a review without uh, a little bit of nerd rage but uh, <laughs> I've got a. It's the part you've all been waiting for. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's. it's I'll get the positives out of the way first before I go on to my rage. The show looks beautiful. Um, the, sh- the the cinematography is magnificent. Um, it's the framing is is magnificent. It's just I mean, it's everything. Everything about the actual visual style of the show just works. The opening, everything from the opening intro to to, to the shots during the actual the show itself. The only time it doesn't work is during the sex scenes. There's, there's, there's two very major sex scenes in uh, season two, which are shot like a 80s softcore adults-only director video type thing, and it's it's it, it just really surprises me that I, I just I don't quite understand it. It's almost like they got the second unit director <laughs> to come in. And it's like I was like, oh, I don't approve of sex scenes. We'll get the second unit director to come and give it a shot. It's just it, it's really strange. It's like there's you've got to have a, like this this beautiful shot of Hannibal in his kitchen beforehand or something, and then it'll cut to this this stupid looking sex scene, and it just it just blows my mind. Does it have like jazz music? No, it doesn't. And and uh, thanks for saying that because it brings me to my next uh, to. To my, my next point, which is uh, the music. <laughs> um, the music is um, the music by uh, Brian Reitzel uh, is uh, is excellent. It has a very interesting use of percussion, kind of like uh, the Birdman soundtrack. So it has a very similar sort of thing to that. Um, but <laughs> it, 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 no matter how good it is, it's ruined by whoever does the sound mixing. The the sound is so poorly done in the in the episodes that it actually detracts from the episode itself. Like, so you've got these brilliant actors doing this wonderful dialogue and this uh, this verbal sparring scenes where it just are just magnificent, you know, and, and just you just you crank it up and it's just like oh this is just this is just beautiful beautiful stuff. And then all of a sudden the sand will come on and it's like I don't know if they do this in America, bro, but in Australia during the show the, sh- the show itself is at a, a standard vo- whatever show you watch it is a standard volume and then the ads are always louder than the show itself um, and that's because of course because they, they they know that people go off to the kitchen to make a cup of tea or something during the ads and so they pump up the volume so you can still hear it when you leave the room yeah um, but even though I know understand why they do it it's very very annoying Hannibal does it mid show like in the show itself whenever there's some sort of dramatic sort of situation happening, like a sex scene or one of the murders or whatever, something like that, it's just the volume is just so unbelievably loud that it's actually, at some points, painful. And I just, I, I can't figure out why they decided to do that. It actually, it actually, it's very irritating. And so it's, this constant change of the volume up and down, up and down, up and down while you're watching the show. It's very frustrating. Um, and it sort of detracts, it detracts from... The immersion, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's, it's like at some point, you, you, I, I get, while I was watching it, I was so deeply immersed in their conversations, especially when it's Will and Hannibal just talking to each other. And and then it'll cut to this, you know, this murder scene or something, and it's like, oh my God! So you got to turn it down. It's, oh, so frustrating. Um, but no jazz, no, sorry. <laughs> but to go back to your point. Uh, only during the Skinamax scenes. Yeah, only during, exactly. <laughs> Um, now the uh, the the other thing is the gore. Now there's a lot of a lot of uh, 
there's been a lot of feedback about the gore. Um, and is, is this why it's not the show for me? It's, this is not the show for you, no. Um, this is this is definitely not for you. And it's actually, I well, I personally don't have a problem with it. I'm kind of desensitized to that sort of stuff. You use of growing up with horror movies. I actually, it's the, the gore doesn't really doesn't gross me out. You know, it's kind of like eh, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but I do understand why at the start of every so every, every episode they have a viewer discretion advised. <laughs> right if you, it's like so, please be warned so there, you're saying there is enough blood in this in this there's an insane amount of blood in this movie in this tv show it's, it's just it's it's everywhere especially the last episode the last episode is, is uh fondly dubbed the red dinner which is a, a play on the game of thrones red wedding um yeah and uh it's it's apt because <laughs> there's just blood everywhere it's just at one point i actually i thought it, it would it almost slipped into parody, <laughs> you know. What I mean? It's like it's just blood gushing, but it makes perfect sense because you know the wounds are in certain areas that where there would be a lot of blood and stuff like that. So, but uh, anyway, it's it's quite funny. But it, but in terms of the gore, yeah, I just I mean, there's a couple of times where I thought maybe they were just going, they were just they were going for the shock, the shock effect, a little too much. Um, but the majority of the time, I, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, they're investigating serial killers. They're investigating people who commit really horrible crimes, and they they have to show the crimes. Otherwise, what's the point? I mean, a lot of the a lot of the crimes have a high level of artistry to them, and so it, that's part of their investigation. So I, I have no problem with it. I I feel the same. Like whenever I watch a TV show or something like that, it never none of, none of that sort of thing like ever bothers me because, and I mean, I can separate it from reality. But yeah, whenever you're looking at you know, photos and stuff like that on the internet, yeah, it can be. Even if it's not as gory as it is on the TV show, it's 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 actually real. I'm a, I'm a bit like that. I can I can separate it, but sometimes if it's if it's a psychological element to it as well, sometimes I can sort of feel it viscerally, and it's not it's not good. This is why I can't watch Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one clip I saw just it, it disturbed me so much. I just I couldn't. I didn't know I could watch the rest of the film. Really? Yeah. What what? I gotta know. I gotta know what scene that Which was. Which clip? It was the scene with Justin Long on his. Phone. He was on the phone saying he's cut off my leg. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's so that's, that's the, the scene they show, They chose to show on the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. Maybe a lighter scene would have been better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those were the best parts of the movie. Yeah. Oh, I totally, I totally <laughs> anyway, agree there. Off the top, off the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Move along. Moving along. Okay, so that. Um, so that brings me to the, the nerd rage stuff, I suppose. So no, number one is... Oh, well, the number one nerd rage was the music, by far. The music mix. Whoever the music mixer was should be fired. But uh, so... Yeah. so in, that guy. Just to be clear, though, not the music itself. Screw the, that guy. The mix. Yeah, no, the music yeah. was excellent. So one of the things... So when I was talking about how you know, they're investigating these murders and, and you know they're, they're looking at that sort of stuff. So one of the things that sort of irritated me was that you had these brilliant investigators. I mean, the, the three... The, the investigators themselves. So not only counting Will, you've actually had uh, two guys and a girl... Um, who were also, who were doing basically the forensic stuff? They were the CSI team. Um, so you've got these these brilliant minds. So you've got Will himself, who's who's a genius. Um, Alana, uh, who's a also also a genius. Um, is just a different type, but definitely a genius. Um, you got Lawrence Fishburne's character, who's you know called the the crafty one um, because of his insights, and you know, and you got, you got these three CSI teams, and none of them. <laughs> up until a certain point when it becomes painfully obvious, 
can figure out that Hannibal was a killer. And it just, yeah. it just really, really frustrated me. It's like, I, I, know, I know, of course, I'm looking at it at the, uh, through the lens of, because I know that he's a killer. But it's just, it, it goes beyond that. It does, it's not even, it's not, it's just not a simple case of, well, I can only, I'm only saying that because I know that he, I know that he is. And so it's like, well, why, how can you not know? There are just certain points in the show. There's very specific scenes in some of the episodes of the show that make it painfully obvious that Hannibal yeah. is, if not a killer, then at least psychopathic. And they go out of their way to ignore it or, or pretend that it doesn't happen. And none of that becomes more clearer than with Dr. Alana Bloom's character. Now, Alana, at the start, is uh, she's an attractive psychiatrist uh, lady who, um, who I figured was going it, to... It's, it's pretty much signposted that she will become the love interest of Will Graham. And she kind of does, but in an interesting sort of way, I think. I mean, she basically, she realizes that Will is on the verge of a mental breakdown and so decides that even though she is attracted to him, she doesn't want to have a relationship, a sexual relationship with him because she thinks it would be bad for both of them. It's a a brilliant scene. I I really, really appreciate it. It's just, um, it just, it, it doesn't have that sort of that standard, oh, she's the only main girl on the show so therefore she has to be a love interest type thing it just, it just they subvert it um i like it a lot and and so they decide not to sort of be together will's disappointed but they're not going to do it they then they then have some hints where the female member of the csi team is also uh, romantically uh connected to will in some point but nothing ever goes with that um it stays professional at all point but so they decide they decide not to not to be a relationship and i'm thinking okay this is great <laughs> but then during season two it's it well at the, at the end of season at the end of season one, it's thought that Will himself is a serial killer. So like I said, once again, spoiler alert. Um, it's they 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 all the evidence points all the evidence that Hannibal was has manufactured points to that that William Will himself is crazy and is a serial killer. And then for no discernible reason that I can see, I've actually watched the episode where it happens twice now because I just I had to go back and what did I miss something? I'm not too sure what's going on. Was it during the scene with the ridiculously loud music? I don't know. But there's this really strange shift in Alana's character where she then start, she starts a sexual relationship with Hannibal, and it just I, I just can't figure it out. I can't figure out how it happened, how or why. If anybody can explain to me why this this event occurs i just i just don't get it like she knows she's one of the steadfast supporters of hannibal not you know not being involved it will keep saying it's hannibal it's hannibal it's hannibal when he eventually finally figures it out um but and nobody will believe him especially alana because she's like no there's no way and the reason that the reason that they give for that is that because she's known him since she was a student he was one of her instructors when she was a student and you know the, the respect that she has for him and then, but then it strangely becomes this sexual relationship with the obligatory terrible sex scene framing. But and I just I can't figure it out. It is, and I just think it just detracts from her character. This is what I was talking about before about the acting. It just it just detracts so much from her character. And it's and it was weird. I actually I had to I had to sort of think about it. I had to actually just stop the episode that I was watching and sort of think about it to myself. It's like am I am I judging her because now she's in a sexual relationship with the villain? The conclusions I've come to is that there's nothing wrong with her having a sexual relationship with Hannibal. Who am I to judge? It's, it's yeah. she can have sex with whoever she damn well wants. But and and that's fine. That's t- totally fine. I'm not angry about that. What I'm angry about is that it just doesn't make sense for her character. And uh, mm. anyway, enough to say about that. 
the other thing, so so it's just major spoiler alert here, is that the the obvious, the mainly obvious point of, of where it isn't an actual set prequel to Red Dragon and, and Silence of the Lambs is when Doctor Chilton is killed. Now, Doctor Chilton is the is the guy in charge of the psychiatric um, prison that Hannibal stays at. So he's the he's the the guy, the administrator guy. If for anybody who's seen Red Dragon or Silence of the Lambs, he's he. Uh, He's basically a hack. Like he's, you know, he's a terrible psychiatrist. He's a terrible surgeon. He's a terrible everything, and uh, he desperately is trying to get Hannibal to talk to him so that he can publish a paper and become famous through Hannibal. And Hannibal just basically plays with him the entire time. Um, and so he exists in the Silence of the Lamb timeline, and yet in season two he gets killed. And so how, is it is it like ambiguous? Or could he come back? No, no, no. It's just, but like I said, that's that's. The absolute proof that this is an alternate version of this story now. Yep. Like, there's, there's, there's no, there's no sort of, you know, he secretly survives or any of that sort of bullshit. Yep. He's quite clearly dead. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and so, so it's a, it's a completely alternate take of uh, of this history. So, oh. um, so at the time, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's just not possible. It was just that same sort of no, no drama thing. It's like he's scared for his life because he thinks Hannibal's going to kill him. And, and it's like, well, don't worry, he's not going to kill you because he survived until Silence of the Lambs. But no, bang. Do you think they should have done something like that earlier on to make it clearer? Yeah. yeah. No, well, I think actually I think that's a fault with me. I don't think that's a fault with the show. I think I think I was so I was so invested in the Red Dragon that I know and love, especially mm. Manhunter. That uh, I just I couldn't get past the fact that this was an alternate version of the story until this moment when they basically just it's, it's almost like they reach through the screen and just slap me in the face, <laughs> Dave, wake up! <laughs> this is not you gotta let, let go. This it was is, all this, a dream. It was all, yeah. <laughs> so Before. so it's yeah that's that's more a fault with me than it is with the show itself. I don't know. I think most people like I mean I I would have assumed that they would be. If it's a prequel, they'd be following the same sort of. Yeah, well, that's the assumption that you would naturally make, but it's 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 not the it's yeah. not the case. Um, how does it stand? How does it stand in the timeline? Because there was a prequel movie to Hannibal. Yeah, but that's generally ignored by everybody. Yeah, I yeah. remember it being bad. I don't. Yeah. I, don't... I read an interview with um, the showrunner um, Brian Fuller, um, and he he basically says, oh, "Look, I chose to ignore all of that. Like, there's we don't we don't explain why Hannibal is the way he is because." There is no explanation, um, and the book ruins that by giving an explanation. And, yeah. Uh, and so we're just basically going to ignore that whole thing. So for those who don't know, in the book it's explained that he becomes a, 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 a he, he, he's driven insane when he watches Nazis roast and eat his sister, who is who he was in love with. So, um, yeah. so they basically they've skipped all of that. He does mention his sister during the during the course of the show, but none of that sort of that thing. That would do it. That would do it, yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah. So, so, so Hannibal, it's 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 an interesting watch. It is. Uh, I recommend it for if if nothing for the the acting alone. Um, the acting is is unbelievably good, and uh, just the the verbal exchange, the conversations, and the the mind games that they play on each other is just is outstanding. So, so in terms, of, yeah. So overall, the show itself, despite despite its many flaws. Um, it is. I highly recommend it. Four out of five. Fire the fire the sound mixer guy, and I'll give it four point five out of five. Yeah. <laughs> fire him and eat him. <laughs> and eat him. All right. 
one thing I want to talk about before we move on is you were talking about how like uh, the detectives in a TV show, you know, they're supposed to be brilliant minds, but yet it's like you know, um, you know everybody in the room figures it out. Besides, or they can't seem to figure out that he's that he's a serial killer. Hmm. That's like Dexter's like that. Like in Dexter, I, I really like the show, but it just it kind of took me out of it. Like. Like, uh, like nobody can figure out this guy is a serial killer. Like, come on, like seriously. Yeah. Oh no, I'm trying. I'm trying to be. I mean, this is very much the Hannibal Lecter universe version of Dexter for sure. And and yeah. I agree. I mean, they do every now and again. They'll have they'll they'll sort of throw you a bone where they'll have somebody who does figure it out, and so then the main character has to take them out. And I mean, it happened. Yeah. It happened in Dexter. It happened in Hannibal. Um, but it's just that actually makes it even more irritating for me. It's like it's like it, yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, don't don't play up how genius all of these people are. If they're not going to figure, if at least one of the main characters isn't, isn't going to figure it out, you know what I mean? I mean, Will eventually figures it out because it's it's thrust into his face. He can't ignore it anymore. And I, yeah. I, I assume the argument for Alana could be that she doesn't want to see it. That she's blinded. Yeah. She's blinded by whatever. I don't know. Loyalty, affection, love. Uh, who knows? But it's just. It's not written well enough in order to uh, excuse that. This is where a supernatural show would have him put some sort of spell over them so they can't see it. <laughs> exactly right. Yep, exactly. I so. really like how um, in the show Luther, like yeah. Luther realizes that the one girl is, uh, you know, is a sociopath, <laughs> but like he kind of like looks the other way because it's kind of beneficial to him, you know? <laughs> I kind of like how like they did it in that show. Like there could be a character that figures it out, but then ultimately decides it works in his best interest to to let him do his thing. I don't know. I don't know how they could work that in there, but that 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 would be kind of the way I prefer it. You know, I felt the same way about Fringe. In Fringe, like these these people, like the the main character, um, he's supposed to be one of the most brilliant minds in America, and yet everybody in the room figures it out before he does every single time. And and, and Dexter's the same way. And the, I hate the shows that do that. Like, it's like the opposite of, like, you know, say, like, the doctor. The doctor always knows something that every other character doesn't know. Mm. And that's why you know he's brilliant. And in, and in these shows, these these people, you're just supposed to believe they're brilliant because they conned their way into Harvard or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> it takes me out of it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, well, that's it. For my uh, my reviews, uh, obviously I'll have to edit some of that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit ridiculous. Uh, but next up, we've got uh, Bo with Mad Max Fury Road. Well, maybe you won't have to edit it down because I have a really simple review. Mad Max Fury Road kicks ass. <laughs> That's that's all there is to it. I have nothing else to say. Five out of five. If you want to see a great movie, go see Mad Max Fury Road. Definitely. <laughs> is that it? That's your whole review? <laughs> no, I... I uh, you know, the movie is uh, <laughs> written and directed by George Miller. Uh, the the slate on the cover would list the stars as uh, Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, and Nicholas Holt, which I think that's the guy that's in Warm Bodies. Yeah, he's Warm Bodies the and he's guy? the Beast in X-Men First Class and stuff like that. Oh, man, I didn't even put the Beast thing together. Yeah, you're right. That is the same guy. Yeah, it, right. but he's, he's great in the movie. They're all great. Um, I think that... Um, you know, Charlize Theron is is kind of the you know she kind of steals the spotlight. I think I think she's just so so good in the movie um, that she and if if I were to say the movie has any flaw, it's that she outshines Tom Hardy. 
Um, but I think it's because she's just so good. Like, I, I think this movie, like, just really suited her well. Um, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Do you want me to mention t- Talk Now, or do you want to wait till you finish? Let's just let's just riff on it. Let's, let's just riff, riff on it, because, okay? Because right. really and truly, really and truly, I love the movie, and 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 I'll just kind of give you like three reasons why I loved it. All right. Um, main reason I loved it is because that character, uh, I felt like her character was just fantastic, and I love I love how I love how like she's such a strong female, you know, character, um, in a in a movie that is such a male dominated movie, you know, over the you know the past iterations of it. Um, I love how they have these little glimpses of a history with not only her character, but the other characters in the movie have this, like, like you know, her arm's missing, and they don't really address why. You just know that there's a history there, and you can you make assumptions yourself. Um, they, they drive by people. They, they drive by, the, like, bird people on stilts, and they don't explain anything. It's just you just see that there, and you see this weird bit of culture, and you know that this world, you know, has this culture outside of what you're getting in the movie – um, but they don't explain it, and I, and I like that they don't. I like that they leave it so that you your imagination can kind of fill in the gaps, and then and you know that there's you know that there's history here, and you know there's more to this world than, than just what you're seeing. And um, I, I the third thing I liked about the movie is it's nonstop. I mean, I felt like most movies, whenever you go see like action movies, it has a build up in the beginning. Like Avengers is a perfect example. It has a build up in the beginning, and then it has like a middle explanation section, and then it builds up at the end again. Um, I felt like this movie, I, I kept, and I'm going to try not to give any major spoilers, but I'm sorry if I do reveal something, so just be a little warned. Mild spoilers, we'll say. I thought, so in the beginning of the movie, they're building up to this, you know, this, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. They're all, they're all getting in vehicles, and, and they're about to go do something, and this thing that they're about to do, you kind of feel like, oh, they'll fail at it or they'll succeed or whatever happens and then it's going to stop and then they're going to do something else for a while and then it's going to build up again but like i th- this whole damn movie happens at the be- the beginning starts the story and it just keeps going and it hmm. just is just relentless in the way that it just keeps going and and i and i really haven't seen many um, action movies that don't follow the normal ru- the normal routine i really thought that was kind of out of the norm probably it's probably happened before. I don't think it's like the first movie to do that, but it's outside the norm anyway. Um, but those are three really cool reasons that I love the movie, and uh, I want to hear what you have to say. All right, okay, let's go right back to the start of what you're saying with um, Charlize Theron's character, Ferosa. Um, yeah. I agree, she is brilliant, and uh, she's an almost perfect example of a strong woman who doesn't have to be manly in order to still be strong. Yeah. She is quite clearly a woman and she's doing things for Oh yeah. very emotional reasons. So her her uh, but she can still you know but you know take care of herself and all that sort of stuff. She's not unstoppable. They don't make her some sort of killing machine. Um but right, she's right. still she is and she, but she, and she is still she's still flawed and she and she's you know she may or may not even be right, let's be honest. But um, but she is a, a magnificent character. Now, um, you were saying that you were saying that the, the one small flaw that you would say was is that she outshines the main character. Yeah, um, I think that I think that Tom Hardy's performance and and I, I think was kind of played down. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's meant to be quiet. I get that, but I mean, it was almost like watching Bane again. Like, I mean, I really felt like he was just you know most of the movie he's silent. 
Yeah. And yeah. but but all right. So before we move on from that, I do want to say that like the first part of the movie has almost no, you know, real dialogue. There's dialogue, but it's it's not directed at the camera. It's not directed between you know characters. There is a narration in the very beginning. Um, but they do that whole thing like you described this you know perfectly before. I mean, we've talked about it on the Nerd Culture podcast. You know, show me, not tell me. Mm. And I, I thought that this movie did that like so freaking well. I mean, like. I mean, they they go to the shrine of the steering wheels, and then um, you know the the whole body bag scene and the chain ended up being you know important you know throughout the story, and like like they they did so well at showing me and and, and not having someone spill you know the the storyline to me. Um, they didn't they didn't think I was an idiot when they made this movie. They didn't feel like the people watching it are going to be idiots and they're not going to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I thought they did that brilliantly. Oh, I totally, I 100% totally agree with that. Um, but back to Forrest, um I, I, I totally agree with your Bane thing. I think Tom Hardy's performance is actually the weakest performance in the film. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, and that includes the brides who, let's face it, don't really do all that much. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I think his acting was, I think it goes beyond the character of, of Max himself. He's a quiet sort of internalized type guy, um, except, you know, when until the rage comes out, he becomes mad. Um, so it's, it's, and he doesn't do any of that. I mean, and uh, the Bane yeah. reference is spot on. The, the fact that he has a mask on for half the film does not yeah. help that at all. It just, it just, you can barely hear the man. You can't really see him emote all that much. He doesn't have any emotion anyway. I just, I think it's a, a very poor performance from an actor who I know can do better. Um, yeah, it, it, and that's and that's and that's part of the reason why Ferocious character, like you said, I outshines him. I just think is she is so good. And he is so bad, and it hurt and in terms of acting and character. I think my actually major major flaw with this film. I agree with every every single thing you said. I agree. With. My my major flaw with this film is actually it's not really a Mad Max film. Um, and this is why I wonder. I really was really interested when you said you wanted to review this film because Mad Max is an Australian uh, movie series and it has a very high regard in this country. Um, maybe a little too much regard. It's a bit. Uh, it's three originally. It's, it's three films: uh, it's Mad Max, Mad Max uh, Two, uh, The Road Warrior. Um, it's called Road Road Warrior in, in America, and Mad Max uh, Beyond Thunderdome. And this film is kind of a semi. It's a sort of. It's all the rage these days. It's kind of a semi sequel, semi retelling type sort of version. So Fury Road. Yeah. If you sort of think about it, Fury Road would most logically occur after the events of Road Warrior. And ignores right. the events of Beyond Thunderdome, but even then, is not quite accurate because during the during Fury Road, he has flashbacks to his family, um, most specifically his daughter. Um, and in the original Mad Max films, his daughter is never born; like his his wife is killed uh, while pregnant. Um, so um, it's sort of it's obviously altered that slightly. Um, actually, I didn't like the Mad Max character in this film at all. In fact, I, I, I think he's completely pointless to the plot. I think it's very much a, a similar sort of deal with Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like if you <laughs> took you if you took that. Mad Max out of this film, people was with you were going to say that. <laughs> it's, 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 it, 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 take Mad Max out of this film, and it, every single scene would have happened exactly how it happened. It wouldn't have there wouldn't have been any it, any major reason. I mean, obviously there would have to be some slight modifications, but and I mean, if Fiosa would have had to be a little bit more superhuman, but. Uh, but other than that, it's just, it was, he's actually essentially pointless. And when you're introduced to his character at the start, where he's got the hair and the beard and stuff like that, he just wouldn't... The, the Mad Max character that I grew up with would not be in that position. 
Like, there's no way he would have been taken down as easily as he was. Yeah, but it's, just, it's the same thing as the Hannibal show. It's a reimagining of the thing. It's not yeah, the same that's, thing. That's why it's, it's a reimagining type thing. And I actually think they've diluted that. And that's, and that's and I agree. And it's, I think they've diluted the, the Mad Max character, actually. It just I just don't think he works in this film. I actually would have preferred if this film was called Furosa. Furosa Road. Or something like that. It's like, it should have actually, it should have been all about her in the Mad Max universe with no Mad Max so, at all. It's, it's really hard to go into without, without, um, giving spoilers, but if Max hadn't have been there, it wouldn't have worked out. It wouldn't have worked out on, I can think of four occasions where yeah. they needed. Um, are we there? Okay. Spoiler alert. There's a scene where he transfers, transfuses some of her, his blood to her because he's a universal donor, right? Is that one of the things you're yeah. talking about? That scene, if if he not only because he was a universal donor, but because like if he hadn't have been there, they wouldn't have had the items to do that. And then and the same thing if if he hadn't have been chained to the one guy, they wouldn't have had the chain to pull the the car out in the one scene. Sure, um, but there's all there's plenty of ways of where you could have uh, slightly they altered the story. Made it happened, yeah. To I, not I have him there. But the second point I would make is that, and I, and I get, all right, so I'm too old to really have idolized Mad Max. I mean, or, I'm sorry, I'm too young to have old, to idolize Mad Max in the same way you did. But, the, like, to me, Mad Max was the world as much as it was the character. Yeah, I agree and with that. Yep. I think they needed to tell this story in that world. Yeah. Now, that's what, that's what I said. It should have been Furiosa's film in that universe, but with Mad Max not in it. I mean, I think that's what it was. I mean, Mad Max is in it, but I think that this this was a different. I mean, instead of making you know the same movie, they 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 told a different story with a different character. I mean, I, I think that's what happened. That, that um, is what now, happened. You're missing what I'm saying. I'm saying that they basically the only reason Mad Max is in this film is because they wouldn't have gotten this film made without him. There, there's there's probably a lot of truth to that, which I'm I'm glad. So I hear what you're saying. And I was planning on bringing up this point no matter what, because I do think this is a flaw to the film, is that the movie's called Mad Max, and yet it, it kind of plays down Max. Hmm. Uh, it, it does a lot. But that being said, I, I, still, think it's a, I still think it's a great movie. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, glad that it, I'm glad that it's not, you know, we just have, at the time Mad Max was made, there wasn't Taken. You know, like we've yeah. had too many of these stories of just some white guy going around killing people. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm kind of glad that that's not what this movie was. You know. Oh, I'm, to- oh, I'm totally with you there. Have you seen the original Mad Max films? I've I've only seen the Road Warrior one, and I was very young. I don't. Yeah. I hardly remember anything about it other than the aesthetic of it. Like, I remember the look of the movie. Yeah, Road, Road Warrior was probably I, the most even, successful of them because that was the one that really hit it in America. Like, Americans, most majority of Americans wouldn't even have seen Mad Max one. But uh, yeah. Road Warriors, I mean, it was re- it was actually called Mad Max Two here, and it was retitled Road Warrior for the American market, and that's and it just exploded there, like it was a huge success. Um, yeah. And and George Miller rightfully praised as the director that he is. I mean, uh, people people think George Miller and think Happy Feet, but this is also the yeah. same the same man that brought you know brought us Road Warrior, which is just you know, and it's and it's a very similar sort of thing. I mean, what uh, Richo was saying that uh, one of his um, worries was that Fury Road was essentially just going to be a remake of Road Warrior, and he is actually kind of right. It is essentially the same basic story. It's, it's you know Max helping a group of people get from A to B, you know, without ever stopping, sort of still. It's, it's essentially the same yeah, sort of yeah. story. Um, but this is such a superior version of it that uh, I'm willing to let that go because it's just because, like you said, this this film 
it just doesn't stop. Even even the bits where it does stop, it still hasn't really stopped. <laughs> it's just yeah. you're still yeah, you're still yeah, yeah. waiting because I mean, with, you know, five minutes later they're back off the are off there going again. I think it was really beautifully done. Hmm. I do agree. I do agree with the whole um, you know Indiana Jones thing. I mean, I think that I think that Max could have been replaced by any other blood donor. I mean, I think that 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 is totally a thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I really dug it. I really dug it, and they've already signed on to do more. And I can't. I just can't wait. Yeah. I'm trying hard not to use the F word. Like I really can't wait. This <laughs> <laughs> um, is no. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, and it's uh, it's it's good to see George Miller getting the success he does. And, and this is this may be kind of selfish on my part, but I'm actually now hoping that all the executives that that uh, cancelled his Justice League movie are now thinking, "What the fuck have we done?" It's like, why uh, yeah, why do we yeah, do that? Because really. that would have been that's really... gonna suck. Yeah. So here's, you know, it's, it, that would have been, I mean, actually, I mean, actually, I don't know if it would have been awesome. I mean, let's, let's face it. Some of the actors that he had slated for some of the parts, uh, not the greatest, but uh, you know, who knows? It could have, I mean, a judge Bond by, you know, by this film, he's shown that he's still got it even after all these years. I mean, the man, the man's, I mean, how old is George Miller now? He's got to be, he's like, he's got to be in his seventies for sure. No idea. Yeah, yeah. So it's, oh. you know, he's, he's still got it. Do you think this is a movie for me? Yeah, I, 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 I saw the original Mad Max probably when I was very much too young. And the one scene that stands out from that film for me that I can remember is a, a severed hand being dragged behind the back of a car on a chain. Oh, that's Mad Max 1? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the that's the only scene that sticks in my head and it freaked me out as a child. Oh, well, you were a child. <laughs> I think you have a similar taste to me in, in a lot of things. I think you'd like it now. Now, granted, you like you just heard our review, so I mean, you know, going in that they're going to kind of play down Max a little bit, and 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 I and I do think that's a flaw for the first movie. This this would have been a good like middle, you know, picture maybe if they decided to do a trilogy out of this. Maybe the first movie could have been like all ham on Max, and then this could have been the middle one. Um, it is weird that they're starting a movie series this way, but um, yeah, I just I don't, I'm worried that the, the next the next one that they've all agreed to do is it's. It'll be it's just, you know, all Max all the time. Is it weird to see someone yeah, no, else right? as Max? Yeah, no, right? Yeah. No, it's not. It's it's not that weird to see um, Tom Hardy be Max instead of instead of Mel Gibson because he just doesn't. He's just such a non. He's a non entity in the Mel film. Mel Gibson's so such a good actor. It and you know I think the problem is is that that's just a hard character to portray. Mm. And, you know, it's hard to say. All right, here's what I want you to be. I want you to be brooding. I want you to be quiet. <laughs> Hmm. And uh, you know, like that's just a hard, and and we we don't want you to be involved in any of the lives of the people that you're helping. Yeah. You just kind of have to like un, like you kind of have to be reluctant to help them, and then and then you kind know, like and decide to like it's just a hard character to try to to try to portray, you know, and yeah. and and it's probably a miracle that it worked the first time. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's a difficult thing. Hmm. Do you do you think the movie would have worked if it had been set in the Mad Max universe, but? 30 years later and Mel's playing an older Mad Max. I you know it's hard to say. Yeah, uh, I don't th- I'm glad they didn't do that. I mm. think that uh it, I think it could have hurt the product but at the same it time could have gone Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's hard to say. That's hard to say because he he might would have done better than Tom Hardy. I mean that's it's pretty likely that he probably would have done better than Tom Hardy, but I think the whole movie would have been about that. You know, like the whole movie would have surrounded, "Oh, look at old Mad Max." You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> That's the way point. Arnold's going to be in the new, the new, the That's new. That's the only reason I want to go and see Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, that's it for our reviews. Um, unless you got anything else to say, Bo? Yeah, I think I'll give it a five out of five. I'm, I'm going to do it. Five out of five. I'm going with it. I'll give it uh, four out of five.
Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! All right, Clash, Clash of Champions Season 3, Round 2. This is uh, very exciting. Round 1 was Black Widow versus Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, and Black Widow won. Much to David's chagrin. To my disgust. But uh, it made sense. Yeah. So Black Widow's moved on to the next round. And as That's I said, kind of uh, how I thought it would turn out, but I wanted it to go the other way. But yeah, I think it. I think that was the right decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> but uh, and it, it, it was the, the she had the popular vote on online as well. So so it was movie Black Widow has uh, moved on to the next round now. Uh, so if the, for this round we have uh, Captain America. And it's movie Captain America versus. Scorpion, once again, the movie version. Now, I did have to make this clear in the post. I did actually say it in the post itself that it was movie Scorpion versus movie Captain America. Um, and when we get to the when we get to the comments vote section at the end, it's it, I basically I think it reflects there that some people, and I could tell from the comments, some of the comments that were left, um, some people didn't either ignored that bit or didn't quite grasp that bit, and so uh, essentially saying, look, you know, Captain America doesn't stand a chance against Scorpion because of this, 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 and this, and all the reasons they give are all the, the game versions. And I, and I have yeah. to agree with you. I, I actually I have to agree. A movie Captain America would not stand a chance against game Scorpion. It just it would be a, a game over. Um, but no pun intended. But, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is de- specifically movie Scorpion. All right. So as I said, uh, as I said, indicated uh, in the, the last class, uh, last round, uh, I've introduced a sort of a, a story element, a little bit more of a story element here. So um, the uh, news of, of the Clash of Champions is, uh, has, has spread around the multiverse. The people behind it are still unknown. Uh, the people or people, uh, you know, aliens or whatever the case may be, behind it are, are, are unknown. But it's because it's, it's spread, uh, the news of it has spread, some people are actually actually want to be a part of it. Some people are volunteering because they want the the, the grand prize at the end. Uh, that wasn't the case for um, uh, poor Buffy. She was uh, dragged into it. But Black Widow was actually investigating this uh, this thing. She actually went there to find out what's going on, and was uh, was you know mind wiped and put into the fight. Uh, with Black Widow now missing, because actually had to they have to keep her. They can't release her. They have to keep her because she has to go into round two, uh, round whatever <laughs> the, next, <laughs> the next round. I can't be bothered working out the math. Um, so Captain, so so Captain America is like, what's going on? Black Widow's been on that mission for ages. She hasn't called in. Nick Fury's is like, all right, well, um, you go investigate as well. You know, I, won't, I won't call in the whole Avengers, just you, you know, you go investigate. So he's off he goes. He's like, all right, I'm going to investigate where Natasha's disappeared to. Uh, and uh, Scorpion is kidnapped out of out of the hellish dimension that he exists in, which is really just if you've seen the film Mortal Kombat, is is basically just a whole bunch of like scaffolding with some fire pits and stuff. It's not very exciting. <laughs> they had a very low budget, but uh, he gets so he's kidnapped out of it to be uh, cap- the captain's uh, opponent. Does I describe that all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> is that, does that make a lot of sense? Um, so the arena, the arena is slightly changed as well, Bo. So it's the city. The city is still eighteen hundred by eighteen hundred feet, um, uh, but it's now surrounded by water. So it's basically an island, a city, an island city surrounded completely in a 360 degrees of water. So, ah, so but does the s- island travel through time? <laughs> Maybe. Um, and the dome, what? and the dome that covers it is still there. And also, the dome, the dome goes up 700 kilometers, which is high enough for space. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but there's nothing beyond the dome. 
So if you actually see outside the dome, there's nothing. It's just nothingness. So it's just the dome, the city inside it. So, so, so it's like a disc world? Kind of. Is there turtles? I'm not saying. It's, <laughs> it's a mystery for, the, for, for the, the opponents, the combatants to find out. Turtles all the way down. Turtles. Gotta have giant turtles. There's nothing wrong with giant turtles. <laughs> cool. So there you go. So it's, uh, so it's movie Captain America. He has his shield. Um, and that's it. And you've got movie Scorpion. So both of you seen Mortal Kombat the movie? I have. I okay. was really young though. That's right. I remember okay. I loved it. I did so in I the email. I did have a clip from YouTube for it. So did you? Did you guys watch that? Oh, I didn't notice you had a clip. Sorry. It was a YouTube clip in the email. I did not see that. So you can see what I was talking about. Oh. Get over here! You failed yeah. in your research. I Anyways. gotta admit, like, like I hate Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> the and, game and, and the it, movie. Everything, anything Mortal Kombat related, I hate it. And it, <laughs> and uh, you know, I get that. Like, there are people like in my scope of friends that that love it more than just like it but uh i just have always i don't get it i don't get the appeal i don't get it man the <laughs> my my um my stepbrother used to love like whenever the first one came out he used to love that game and he, and he would always he would always play it and anytime i tried to play it i just didn't get it and he would just wipe the floor with me <laughs> and uh i think maybe that's why i hate it i don't know but i've hated it ever since then i've never touched it i've never played it except for then um, back on the Sega. This is the only time I ever played it. <laughs> I've never played it. I've never seen a movie, so I'm relying on you. All right, well, very briefly then, Dirk, I mean, if you don't know who, I mean, you know who Captain America is, right? So for anybody who may not know, Captain America, remember this is a movie version, is a American super soldier. So he's given a serum and some sort of treatment that's never really, specific, never really specified, some sort of radiation treatment that turns him into this little 90-pound weakling into this huge, this buff pretty boy <laughs> soldier um through the the course of the war world war Two, he you know learns picks up the skills that he has he has a, a an almost indestructible shield so in the movie the movie version of the shield is made out of vibranium um which is a metal that absorbs impact and so it, it basically it bounces it bounces off walls he throws it to bounce it off walls and hit people and deflect bullets and all that sort of stuff um it's very very cool uh he also carries a gun even though he never really uses it, but he's, he you know, has the gun as well. Um, but uh, and uh, his 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 skills are not really shown all that well in in the first Captain America movie. But the second movie, um, Winter Soldier, shows just how good a fighter he is. So he actually, he's uh, he's been training hard in you know, martial arts, and so he uses his superior speed and strength uh, to sort of to overtake opponents. And uh, on your left, yes. And so he's so he's so he's stronger, faster. Uh, he's fitter, happier, fitter, happier, happier, <laughs> better looking than most humans. <laughs> uh, then you got he's also a really really nice guy. But remember, through this competition, his morals are removed. So, um, uh, Scorpion. Now this is this is specifically movie Scorpion. So Scorpion is a ninja warrior who uh, dies and is resurrected as as a uh, fire breathing skeleton ghoul so he looks like a normal human in a yellow really horrible yellow sort of ninja costume uh, except that he's glowing eyes normally uh but when he, he can rip his his face off and reveal the skull underneath and he can breathe fire uh, i think it's 30 feet away so he can breathe fire uh he also he's so he's also he's his fighting skills are are ridiculously good he's he's you know he's a ninja warrior and you know that sort of stuff so he's really really good um he's uh, stronger and faster than normal human as well because he's essentially undead. Um, his other ability is uh, 
this long cable uh, thing that comes out of his hand. Uh, so it's it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's basically it's basically a tentacle. So he has like a a long cable slash tentacle thing that comes out of his hand uh, that he uses to grab his opponent and pull them closer to him in order to then attack them. So it'd be like Spider-Man's web, except it's a tentacle. Yeah, that's the yeah. yeah, that's basically that's the best way to describe it. Thank you, thank you, well done. It's so yeah, so he, he has the ability to yeah, so he shoots it out. Now in the movie, um, it's 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 a little bit different to what happens in the game. But in the movie, the end of this tentacle thing is alive. So it's indicate it's it's kind of hinted that the cable itself is some sort of demonic entity that's inside him. So the cable comes out and the mouth the mouth hook bit is actually alive and can like bite onto you which is what grabs you and then takes you back mm-hmm. in the game it's different it's clearly just a hook but um and so, so it, has, it actually is sort of sentient in a way um it's there's no real indication to just how long this cable is um in the in the movie it chases john the fight between johnny cage and scorpion the, this cable goes on for uh, it would have to be at least a mile or something. It's ridiculous. It just goes on for a long time. But then it does actually come to an end. So luckily for Johnny Cage, uh, he manages to sort of trick it into wrapping itself around a couple of trees and stuff. And so it only just stops before his face. Um, so it's 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 not really clearly defined how long it is, but it's pretty damn long. Uh, but it does have it at a finite sort of thing. Um, he does have the, the awesome thing of saying, uh, come over here, when he, when he throws it out. Get over here, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> so essentially long story short it's an undead ninja versus a super soldier with a shield alright you got it yep. yeah I got it cool let's go um, I think uh, um, Scorpion's not going to marry oh Scorpion oh he can teleport too by the way I forgot sorry he can teleport god damn it um, so he's going to just teleport straight to to Cap and they're going to engage in Malay, I don't think there's going to be any. Uh, there's no sort of spy business type sort of stuff here. So if he takes his face off and he's got a skull, will that freak out Steve because of the red skull? Well, Steve didn't really even get freaked out when the red skull revealed his face. I don't think anything freaks out Steve. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, will it be, get like when he get like a flashback to the war or something. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good storyline element. <laughs> but uh, so um, so. Scorpion, I mean, Scorpion's modus operandi is to shoot out the, you know, the get over here, the harpoon cable thing. So, so there's, so we'll say they've, they've engaged, Scorpion's done the get over here cable thing, shot it out, Steve blocks it with the shield. Is that the only thing you can say? Get over here. Guys, I like it. I like it. You be Steve for this one. That was good. A girly girly Steve. That was very Steve. Well, he's kind of girly, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So, get over here. He blocks it with the shield. Then throws the shield, which Scorpion easily dodges. It's like, come on, <laughs> I, I fight demons and stuff. You're nothing. And like, he doesn't say that because he doesn't actually speak, other than the get over here business. And uh, who then you know, teleports within in within range. It's like and that game on whose line he can only say three words. <laughs> yeah, well, that is essentially all he says. He just has those sound bites. Get down here. <laughs> That's all yeah. he really does. So hand to hand combat. Uh, Scorpion is probably actually faster than Steve Rogers. I'd say even so. Even yes. though they're both really fast, I would say Scorpion's probably faster. Mm-hmm. Um, what about well trained? I mean, do you think um, it's it's very different because it's basically like a military style hand hand uh, grappling combat versus a 
more like a ninja style karate kind of yeah well he's been he's been raised since birth to be the ultimate ninja warrior so i think scorpion in combat experience i mean steve's good i mean he's it i mean with the soldier i love that movie it's and uh he kicks a lot of ass but at the end of the day he's self-taught and uh and scorpion is a master of his craft so i think he's i think he's a, a superior fighter now, but I, I, do, don't, I don't disagree, but he's not entirely self-taught. He just has some military training as so well. So he's got military training. That's, that, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Um, but I, I do have to point out that movie Scorpion uh, fights Johnny Cage, who is actually who's also just an, ult, you know, an ultimate martial artist type deal. He's, he's essentially John Claude Van Damme uh, in the in the in the Mortal Kombat universe, and um, and loses. So Scorpion loses to Johnny Cage, and that's that actually comes up in the comments. It's like it's like. It's like uh, uh, I've got to read one. There was a comment from Charles Lon who said, Captain would wreck him. Scorpion couldn't even beat Johnny Cage. What chance does he have against Steve Rogers? <laughs> um, and, you know, and, it's, and that's a fair that's comment. A that's a fair comment. The movie, movie of Scorpion, even though he's raised from, as, as a ninja from birth, I just... He... Uh, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> I mean, he does get his ass handed to him. So, well, if mean, you can only say three words, I don't know how intelligent he is. And Steve's quite intelligent. Oh yeah, yeah, he's definitely not as smart as Steve Rogers. So you think? So you think Steve's got it worked out tactical? Uh, you know, I think it's all muscle memory for Scorpion. I think it's just like he knows, he he knows the moves. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if if Steve does something to surprise him, yeah, he could he could get an advantage. Well, well, I've got, I've got. Maybe Scorpion doesn't realize that because uh, Scorpion's fought, uh, you know, characters like Kun Lao, who also throws his hat, like a razor hat and stuff. So the the, yeah. his, this, the shield's nothing new to him. So, so he starts off with the the come over here blocked. Steve throws the shield, then they engage hand to hand. Steve still got the shield comes back. So still, Steve still got the shield. So he's blocking with a shield, he's blocking with his arms, he's blocking with his legs, he's hitting and stuff like that, Block, Scorpion's blocking that sort of business, and, it's just, and it just basically just goes at it, so Steve use, I mean Steve, is, as a smarter opponent, will use his environment to his advantage, so he's, you know, he's jumping, jumping over cars to sort of get out of the way, you know, he's running, he's doing some parkour up, you know, walls and you know all that sort of business all the sort of stuff that he does on the ship you know i'm specifically, I'm yep. specifically thinking more of the ship sequence yeah at the start so he's you know he's, mm-hmm. he's flipping around he's doing that sort of business and they really they're going really at it like mad hand to hand yeah and and to play devil's advocate like uh scorpion can also you know he can teleport and yep. flash around yep. i'm almost picturing a the uh the terrible deadpool versus wolverine <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah I'm with you yeah yeah that's yeah that that kind of thing. How dare you bring that up? But yes, yeah, that's exactly what you're talking. About. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a similar sort of deal. So it's so it's. I think it's it's very evenly matched. But yeah, is I think just I think I think Steve is stronger and faster, and so would eventually eventually win out. Like in terms of putting the beat down, you know what I mean? Mm, I think I, I'd have to agree. I think that he can counter almost anything he can do because of the shield. Yeah, I, I got mean, yeah. So is the, the shield like Thor's hammer? Can he just summon it back to him? No, no. So once he tosses away, if it's somewhere else, he can't get to it unless he's actually physically goes over to it. That's right. Yeah, but it's kind of got like a boomerang effect. Like, and, and, and I wouldn't say it's 100% explained, 
Mm. But uh, yeah, he he gets to throw it and it comes back. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of so, so trying to keep it sort of theatrical. I'm sort of picturing them all. So they're they're at hand to hand. Scorpion realizes he can't win with, the, with while Cap's got the shield and somehow manages to knock the shield away. So he, he kicks the shield the, the shield away. Cap's uh, lost sight of it. They're fighting hand to hand, and Scorpion. Rips off his rips off his his face in order to do his fire breathing business. So Cap's winning. Mm-hmm. So Cap's even without the shield. Cap's still winning. Scorpion, he rips off his face to do the fire breathing, fire breathing deal. Cap leaps over and grabs his shield, blocks the fire, the fire. Yep. And then throws the shield and decapitates Scorpion. That works for me. <laughs> it works we'll, for me. We all good with that. Yep. Cool. All right, so the bit, the bit in the movie is Johnny Cage actually grabs a shield, <laughs> blocks, <laughs> blocks oh, the really? fire, yeah, and then and then sort of leaps at him and sort of and sort of Holy attacks him with, and then sort of beats him up with it. So so <laughs> so I haven't completely ripped it up completely. But I mean, I just I mean, Cap has a shield; he has to block the fire. I mean, he's, oh, he's, that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect because I was sitting there thinking the whole time, like this is going to be hard to defend. Hmm. But if it's happened in the movie, yeah. Yeah, it's totally, uh, yeah, that's legit. It's legit, sweet. So he blocks it <laughs> and then throws it, decapitates KO. So he, Scorpion clearly is technically not dead because he's already undead, but that's that's got to be a KO. It's your 130 second rule. Yeah, it's yeah. the 130 second KO victory. So that's victory for Captain A. Yeah, let's uh, get to the votes. Now this is absolutely brilliant, all right? This is, I'm very excited. This is what I was waiting for. As of this recording, we have... We had 155 votes. 155! I know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now, and I had to disqualify some of them because some of them weren't actually legitimate votes. Like, one of them just had a picture of the Winter Soldier as his response, and it's like, well, that's not really... One guy actually yeah. said, fucking Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I, I, want to I, think, I want to think that he was actually quoting me, <laughs> but uh, who knows? I hope that, uh, I hope that like, every... every con- like everyone now gets a uh, Deadpool vote. No matter what you're voting on, there's got to be a few people that vote Deadpool. There's got to be got somebody's got to vote Deadpool <laughs> at some point. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so that was. Uh, but I'll read out some of my favorite ones. Uh, Scott Buchanan said, "Scorpion with a scorching fatality to finish off the Avengers, Pretty Boy." Uh, John <laughs> Hamilton said, "I love the original Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, brought the soundtrack and all." That said, Cap would win, no doubt. He is an inventive fighter. Can use the environment to help him fight. I believe Scorpion is a bit one track fighter. Go Cap! Can you tell I saw Avengers on the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> and I and I'm I'm with him. That's that's essentially what we did. I mean, I think yeah. is uh, I'm with John. Is I think his Cap is a smarter fighter. Uh, and I think the more supernatural Scorpion, you know, from the game would have won. Yeah, well, but, like yeah, like I said, I mean, like I said to one of the commenter yeah. guys, I think it's yeah, game Scorpion. I mean, he has he has more abilities, and uh, it, yeah. it would have been no no chance. Uh, Ricardo Ream said, Captain cause movie Scorpions kinda sucks. There you go. <laughs> you kind of wrote that. And, and uh, EJ Garcia just simply said, Murica. So was, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my favorite one is Raphael A. Lamb, who said, Scorpion. Motherfucker was another dimensional world champion, battled Superman, and can control flames at will. <laughs> I was like, well, there oh, you go. Superman. Yeah, in uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, he fights Superman. Oh my god! So that's game. That's game Scorpion, obviously. So that vote doesn't really count. <laughs> but uh, so give me the so give me the scores. One hundred and fifty-five votes. What do you think the uh, the, the votes the score was? Scorpion. 
Oh, you want us to guess like a percentage? Yeah, remember some of them didn't count. So roughly 140, yeah, 145 votes actually counted. I say 100 votes Scorpion, 45 votes Cap. No, sorry, 44 votes Cap, one vote Deadpool. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I'd say they're roughly the same ratio, but the other way. The other way, so you reckon 100 Cap and 40 Scorpion? Were you both wrong? It was actually Captain America... 73, Scorpion, 72. Oh, my God. Wow. I had to recount it. I had to recount it because I was like, that can't be right. Ah. Wow. And Deadpool won. (laughs) Absolutely great. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much to everybody who took the time to to, uh, vote and uh, and leave a comment. I do actually want to – we might do the – the uh, the comic version of this, I do actually want fatality <laughs> to show up when uh, when Cap t- decapitates him. But yeah, so just a really really good, some really inventive comments and um, everybody who took the time to uh, comment and uh, and vote, I really really appreciate it and uh, and like the page as well. The Facebook page is at five hundred and fifty likes as of this nice. morning, so uh, pretty cool. Five fifty, wow! Yep. It seemed to take ages to get from four ninety four to five hundred. Now yeah. it's up to 550 already. Yeah, we sat on 490 for ages. In our 550, baby. Oh, yeah. All right, so continuing the storyline, round three uh, is Hawkeye, movie Hawkeye, versus Legolas. 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 So I'm already casting the, my vote, Legolas. Legolas. <laughs> You're casting your vote for Legolas already? Yep, I'm already casting it. <laughs> <laughs> if you say it too fast, it's Legolas. Legolas. Uh, yeah, so, and, uh, so following the storyline is uh, Hawkeye then goes to investigate well, well Captain America both Captain America and Black Widow are missing what's going on <laughs> so he goes to figure it out <laughs> and that'll be the last Avengers the whole character. Avengers team there before long no no that'll be the last one okay that was Clash of, that was Clash of Champions next up we've got Azerothian Times so Azerothian Times what have you been doing in, in World of Warcraft well, dude, I've been uh, hitting the old raids uh, before the the new patch starts up, and we get that awesome time walker thing that it's that it's got. I don't know, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, no, that's going to be time really something. Cool. That's that's an absolutely brilliant idea, and uh, yeah, can't wait for that. But in the meantime, I've been soloing some uh, some old content, some Dragon Soul, and uh, been doing a bit of Firelands, which is pretty cool. I forgot, I forgot you were doing that Dragon Soul. Yeah. Like you- it's pretty. Sweet. It's pretty cool. Okay, I can solo the uh, the back thing now. Like the it's like it's like a glove, dude. It's it's uh, I've got it all worked out. The uh, the rolling back business. It's pretty cool with a with a hunter. That is, I can. I've been soloing them with with my hunter character. So I've got three level one hundred hunters because I just find them yeah. the the best characters to play. And uh, so there, it's pretty easy doing it with them. I haven't tried with, you know, I I, I, I shudder to think what it'd be like with a mage or something like that. That'd be pretty bad. Yeah. But I've been doing the um, heroic achieves in Firelands, which is pretty cool. Except for this one, there's a, there's one particular one where you have to be in tank spec. Well, it, essentially, you have to be unstunnable because if as soon as you get stunned, that's it. You can't break out of the stun. Um, so it's the one where you have to take uh, the um, the Naga guy, the hunter Naga guy. What's his Shanox or whatever his name is? You have to sort of take him around Firelands. I think it's called Bucket List. So I just, I just, it basically, it's undoable. So it's the only one I need for Firelands. So uh, if we could team up at some point and do that, that'd be awesome. But other than that, yeah, not much. Just general questing and uh, garrison stuff. Yourself? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that Time Walker thing. So I've been, um, 
I've been playing the WoW TCG, the the World of Warcraft trading card game. Cool. Uh, I kind of just got in this weird. Uh, I don't know how did this come up. I don't even know how this came up. Just recently, I just was thinking about how that used to be a thing, and I never I never played it back in the day. Whenever it was you know actually being made. For those that don't know, there's basically there's it's like Magic the Gathering, but it was based on World of Warcraft, mm. and it's it's almost exactly what Hearthstone is today. Only this was the you know predecessor to that, and it wasn't successful. This was this was you know kind of similar to what other you know Magic. I've always thought Magic and World of Warcraft were similar in that Magic has is like the standard. You know, anytime a card game comes out. It's compared to Magic, and in World of Warcraft, this is that same standard for the MMO world, where you know, anytime an MMO comes out, people are like, "Is it gonna be the WoW killer? How does it compare to WoW?" Yeah. Um, and so I've always thought those two were, were kind of similar in, in a conversation that way. But um, like apparently the scratch-off codes for those cards, so the way it would work is you'd buy a booster pack, you'd have a chance of getting a scratch-off that may give you a mount or a pet or something in game. Yeah, and um, all of those still work. Yeah, like yeah, you, I, you, I you, read redeem, you redeem them at the Goblin at Booty Bay. Yeah, that's insane. Like, um, yeah. I, I didn't realize that they would still they would they would still be they would still be accessible because you know I bought like a graphics card last year that said it came with the um Mr. Pandaria pet, um, you know, and and, and it didn't work anymore. Apparently, it was only for a limited time. But these these cards have been like out of print for years, and I don't even know how long it's been longer than Hearthstone's been out. I mean. And uh, and they're still, you know, they're still it, the game's been out of print for about as long as since Mist Pandaria, since around the time Mist Pandaria launched. Yeah. Um. And uh, the the pet cards and everything still work. I haven't gotten one yet. I've been buying the the starter decks at like their like regular retail price, which is like ten bucks, which is way overpriced. <laughs> really? Sure. I just well, I just I put the bullet and just bought the individual cards on eBay. Oh really? So you yeah. just. Did you buy any that weren't scratched off? Yeah, I bought all, all the unscratchable, redeemable ones from from eBay. I don't, I don't play the game. Um, I do, I yeah. do have quite a few of the. I mean, I, I used to work in a card store, so I've got you know the yeah, yeah. and starter packs and all that sort of stuff. But I just don't. I, don't, I bought the actual individual cards for the pets. It was when I was during my pet crazy craze. So yeah. uh, you know, so I've got the Legion Eye and you know and all that. You know, the Cub and all that sort of business. I'm um I'm trying to uh, I'm I'm wanting to get the camel mount, but I want to I could just go on eBay and buy it, but I really want to stumble across it in one of these packs, and <laughs> I'm going to try to buy it and uh, see if I can get it. And in the meantime, I have been playing the game, yep. and it is it is so simple. Like I knew that Hearthstone was loosely based on it because it's you know, but it is so similar. Like it is it is almost a card version of of Hearthstone. It's it's really really similar. The only yeah. difference is. Is that you know the way the mana works in the game? Um, you get the little each turn you get one like mana stone gem thing on um, on Hearthstone. Yeah. But in this game, you get like these little quest cards that are basically like lands and magic, and um, you can play one per turn just like magic. Only if you don't have any in your hand, you can actually play any card face down as a as a quest card, um, and then you can do the quest on the card. Anytime during your during the game, and then you flip the card face down so you can only do it once. But other than that, it's really similar. It's just like you know, one of the things that always bugged me about Hearthstone when I first started playing because I kept comparing it to Magic is that like you can't block an attack, 
unless you and then if you have taunt it's like you're forced to block it you know like you're forced to attack that one um this this game is is the same way they have protector which is like taunt um but otherwise you just declare who you're attacking and, and they have to take it there's no like i'm gonna attack you and then you decide how to how to divide up the damage you know which is which is weird but i think it's unique to both um the wow tcg and the uh and hearthstone hmm. um all right so but you mentioned time walker yeah, I found a. I got a card. I got a card called something Time Walker. Cool. And I don't know what that is in the game. Is there like a Time Walker race? Is that like a thing in the game? Because um, now they're doing these whole Time Walker dungeons. Was this like a thing that's kind of always been in the scope of oh, World dude. Warcraft, and it's just now coming to fruition or something? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. There's probably <laughs> there's probably a sect, uh, like a sect somewhere that does all sorts of time walking type stuff. I mean, you've got the Time Guardians. You've got the um, yeah, the, the time dragons, and they're they're sort of little minions that protect sort of time and stuff. So I guess I guess they are. I, I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm just I'm just guessing. But I just I just think the whole concept of this time walker thing is just is just awesome. I just I can't wait. Yeah, for it. I can't wait for it either. I can't wait to go back and play uh, some Wrath of the Lich King stuff. That's what I'm most excited about. And yeah, I bet I wanna... that's where they're going to start because oh, I know yeah. they. I think they know that's the base of their fan base right now. Yeah, I want to do ICC at level. Yeah, that, oh my god. And not just ICC, but those those five-man dungeons? Yeah. God, if you could do those too, like even if they just did like a weekend or you can do all the all the storyline dungeons of, of ICC. I mean, really? Those, I, I did those to death though, so I'm, I'm cool with never going to AZ ever again, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, did too, but I did too, but like I haven't done them since then. And they were so, they were so good. Yeah. Like the dungeons now, Mist was really bad about it. It even warlords though i'm like why am i here why am i doing this yeah i don't know i'm i'm doing it because there's loot at the end that's why i'm doing it you oh know so I mean? you mean in terms of the story yeah i've got you there yeah, yeah. that's that is so true yeah like i do i do like that... i do like the docks i do like iron docks mainly because of the interaction between the two guys at the end <laughs> oh no, yeah iron so, docks see iron yeah. docks makes sense to the storyline because of the cutscene you get during um during the uh during your leveling process yeah um, what do you think about that? They're doing the the heroic dungeons. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about that. What are I, I don't oh, know. you mean the mythic dungeons? Yeah, yeah, mythic mythic dungeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I, I I'll be totally honest with you. I'm actually kind of I'm kind of bored. I've I've, I've hit that sort of I have I have uh, sort of is it a depths and uh, like plateaus of Warcraft playing? Yeah. And, uh, at the moment, I am actually I'm 100 in the goddamn on board sort of aspect of it. So it's that, that time. I mean, it's that time in the expansion. A lot of people are, or a lot of people are there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm at a weird place. I spent some money transferring a character and doing a waste race change, and so like I'm kind of in that boat too. Yeah. Um, I actually and, I actually uh, contemplated quitting the uh, the other week. Had, uh, oh, they might do another. They might do another statue I, or something. <laughs> I almost rage quit. I almost did, and uh, I'll tell you why. It's because. Uh, there's this new patch and there's still no flying so here's here's my uh here's my uh, explanation for it right you can see if i'm actually, if i'm overreacting but i guess i see it this way right they've just introduced a new flying mount in the shop this uh yeah. night saber or whatever the hell it is i don't know i didn't even i didn't even bother buying it so this this will give you an idea of just how apathetic i am about the whole thing so i used to i used to i usually buy every mount and every pet that appears um in yeah. the shop i just but buy it straight away yeah, and yeah. It's, and, it's, and I just I've now just gotten to the point where I'm just like, why, why am I wasting my time? 
And this one I think is is the is the final insult. So I mean it is a cool looking it's a cool looking mount, but one, I can't be bothered spending the money, and two, it's a mount if I buy it, I can't actually use it on the characters yeah. that I'm playing with because there's no flying in in Wall of the Draenor. Now I understand yeah. I understand the reasoning. The reasoning behind it is you know, so they can so you can, you know, experience the world and all that sort of all that sort of rubbish. But I think yeah. it's it's gotten to the point now where it's well the game's it's this patch is I mean this expansion has been out long enough that that actually now doesn't make a lot of sense. And I, I, my 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 thinking behind it would be that now that I'm a hundred, I should be rewarded and given flying. So I think I think flying should be uh, restricted to one hundred level one hundred characters. So if you reach a hundred and in you know at the time of this patch. You're allowed to. You're now allowed to fly. I mean, that's, that yeah. would make sense because I'm sorry. I mean, I've got multiple level 100 characters now, and I'm still yeah. running around in a mount. That was a really bad decision on their part, and and the flying thing. Yeah, like I'm with you. I understand why. I understand why they did it, and I actually appreciate it. Like I'm, I'm glad they did it, but it is kind of to the point now where no one's leveling new characters hardly. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, the leveling process for Warlords was was amazing, and I think part of that was due to to due to not having flying. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that cycle has passed now and it's, it's, uh, I think that now is probably a pretty good time, but you know why they're not is because the new area, they don't want you to be able to fly there in, in the Tanan jungle well, then, or whatever. Well, that, well, that's perfectly fine, but then just block off that area. I mean, just block, make, make it so you can't fly in just that area, but you can still fly around yeah. the rest of the place. I don't know. I don't know if that would make it more frustrating. No, because, I mean, so, why would it be frustrating? What about, I mean, it's, it's exactly the same thing they did for Wrath of the Lich King with that PvP zone. So when you fly to that PvP area right in the middle of, of uh, the Ice Crown, of North Northrend, you get, it, yeah. it gives you a warning and says you're about to be dismounted if you keep flying in. And that, I mean, that it made perfect sense for me. I mean, there's, there's you know, artillery flying around and stuff like that. They could do the exact same reason here. It's like, well, you're now in the middle of the war zone. You can't fly because you're going to get knocked out of the sky. Yeah, makes perfect sense. So, so yeah, I just, I, I actually, I mean, that's that's how that's how angry I got. I actually can't contemplate anything. Just um, canceling my subscription because just this actually, it's, it's almost like they were insulting me. So there's a slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. It's about time we start flying again. Right. I'm with you on that. But I don't <laughs> is, think, is, I don't this, is this you softening think- the blow? I don't think this mouthing is a manifestation of that, though. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate your uh, your backing me up. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's... <laughs> cool. Well, that's it for Azerothian Times. Let's uh, finish up with the show we've uh, come in soon. In Australian cinemas, June 4th, we get Aloha, which is the latest film from Cameron Crowe starring Bradley Cooper. Uh, we also get Slow West, which is uh, an actual, it's a Western film, believe it or not. I can't remember who started it. Um, and Entourage, the, the movie version of the TV show that hasn't been on screen for a number of years. I don't know, don't know why they felt they need to have a movie, but here it is. And that's it. In American theaters on June 5th, we get Testament of Youth, Spy, Insidious Chapter 3, and We Are Still Here. Cool. Insidious Chapter 3. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's coming soon. Let's uh, finish up with uh, our, our goodbyes. That's it for episode 145. It's me, David, and the crew. Crystal. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know what to say. I was trying to think of some sort of Captain America catchphrase. We just didn't have one. Not really. Get over here! <laughs> says, he says language. Now that's yeah. his new thing. Yeah, yeah, that's his new thing. Yeah, language. And Yanbo! Fatality! <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. That was awesome! Bye! Bye! Bye. You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can run on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on Nerd Culture Podcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show, Use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net, or search for NCPTV on YouTube, because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.